Welcome to today's podcast. My guest today is Karen Wheatley. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So happy you are here today. I'm just going to start off by sharing a little bit about you to our listeners so we have a background. So Karen was born and raised on a dairy farm in northeastern Maryland. Karen was involved in all things 4-H growing up from showing cattle at their fairs to competing in quiz bowl contests and judging. After graduation from the University of Delaware with a degree in animal science, she spent the next decades working in the ag industry in communications, magazine publications, and most recently in AI. She and her husband, Mike, own Black Eyed Susan Cattle Company, which includes both registered Hereford and Sintimal cattle and sheep business. They have two grown children who are also both actively employed and loving the ag industry. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited for our conversation today because um, we're both, we kind of both have a love of ag. I never really grew up on a farm, but I loved going to my uncle's uh, farms. They had dairy cattle, they had pigs, they had row crops and pastures, you name it. They pretty much had it. You know, the, the bottle feeding the calves was my kind of my favorite thing when I was there. But uh, when I grew up, graduated from college. I married a farmer and we produce corn and soybeans, but no cattle, but we rent out our stocks to those that do. So my kids love seeing the cattle around our house as well. So I love the country life and all the life lessons and the hard work that is required to live off the land with so many variables out of our control. So I'm going to start our, our conversation today. You mentioned that after college, you had spent the next decades of your life in the ag industry, and it sounded like in a various different um, roles. Can you tell us and the listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, I um, I, I feel like I should be a self-proclaimed gypsy <laughs> because I have lived in eight different states uh, since I graduated from college. And I feel like that time of my life was like so awesome. Just awesome. Just because um, I moved to states where I didn't know people. I moved to states where I didn't know people. I tried jobs that I didn't think I'd like. I tried jobs just because what I was doing at that present time was not working anymore or I needed a change. And I thought, well, yeah, why not? Let's just go try something. And so I feel like um, my exploration of ag was so varied and not anything like what I thought when I went to college, you know, and so um, moving around and spending close to, well, it's, I graduated in a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to date ourselves right now. But I've spent, you know, almost, um, well, three full decades. Um, yeah, since then, just, just embracing all of ag. And I feel like, I feel so strongly about the industry. Like, I don't ever want to be not employed by the ag industry mm -hmm. because I feel like it's so important to produce food for this nation and in all of its forms. And so I will always be involved in that aspect of it. The life experiences mm -hmm. you, you know, had lived in various different states, you know, different jobs. Like what did you learn from those experiences? <sighs> um, I, I feel like I learned to believe in myself. And I know that sounds really foo-foo and some people oh, are no, like, oh, no, no. I mean, we have, to, <laughs> we have to like explore something, right? To be right, able to right. like, wow, can we do this or not? 
Right. And so I think, you know, when I first got out of college, I played it safe. Uh, I had had done an internship in California the summer before I graduated. And it was it was an awesome experience. And that company actually offered me a full time job when I got done with school and I accepted. And then two weeks later, I'm like, uh, no, no, thank you. I'm sorry, but no, thanks. Um, I was just so afraid to step out on my own. And so I would say the first the first few years after college, I played it safe. I did. My dad said, if we ever wanted to return to the family farm, we had to go and work for someone else for two years. Yep. minimum. So we learned how to work for other people. Right. And so in my first two years, I went and worked in the chicken industry and, you know, learned what that was all about. And that was mm -hmm. fascinating and just wasn't for me growing up with dairy cattle, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a large animal species kind of person. Yep. And, yep. <laughs> So, um, but I did that and then I found another job close to home and, you know, sort of spent those first, you know, first few years just kind of getting my feet under me and mm -hmm. this is the work world and this is how we operate. Yeah. But, but then I got to the point where I had gone through some personal relationship things and we've all been through them where you're like, I just got to get away. Yeah. And I just packed up and moved to Wisconsin and I knew some people. Mm -hmm but didn't have any experience with the area, didn't have any, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. one of those things where you have to find a new bank, a new hairdresser, a new doctor, a new dentist, Yep. all these things that you never think about. And, and I did it. And I was like, okay, well, this is great. And some of them were better than what I was used to. Some of them were worse, you know, and you kind of go yep. through this whole thing of standing on your own two feet. And I noticed when I came back home for Christmas, that first year after I had moved, I felt different. I felt like I was coming in as a guest mm. and my life had taken on meaning somewhere else. And mm -hmm. that was cool too. Like it's your first taste of independence. And, right. and so that just kind of catapulted. And then I moved to New York and I moved to California again, and I moved to Washington state and every time kind of started over and reestablished who I was, what I wanted out of life. And it was kind of it's kind of nice, you know, when, you, when you're moving to a place you've never lived before, it is a blank slate and right. you learn so many painful life lessons along the way. And you think, wow, I've been, I've been gifted with this chance to actually say, I can start over. Mm -hmm. And here I am right back where I started. <laughs> but there's so much that you've learned in between. And I think a lot yeah. of us have some of those same kind of feelings. Like you talked about, oh, I just want to be really independent and branch right. out on your own. And, and I find that kind of interesting because I, I call that adulting in my house. My oldest just got married this summer. So then there was this new, like, oh, I got to like get a new social security card and like, we, right. we got to find a bank together. And, you know, all the, like you said, all these new things, like we move to a new place and like, what do I do? All these, it's new. Right. And, and it's so much more than the job. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then and like you get to choose, right? It's, you know, new churches, new, new circles of friends. Um, how do you make friends? You know, right. it's, uh, it is a lot more than just the work itself. Right. Right. But so it made me, all those things kind of made me come back eventually and come back and build a house on the very farm that I grew up on, um, as a different person. And I, I hope I would love to say a better person. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like your experience of coming home after being in Wisconsin for a year and coming home and just like, you feel different. Right. So what do you can contribute to that besides, you know, yes, moving out on your own and stuff, but what did you learn? And, and, you know, you talked about believing in yourself, mm -hmm. you know, what did you believe now about yourself 
doing those different moves and then coming back home. Like, how did you come back? What did yeah. you learn? I mean, I'm throwing a bunch at you. Yeah. So take whatever you want out of it and, and enlighten us a little bit. Well, you know, I'm not, I can only say what, how it affected me, mm-hmm. but um, I think one of the biggest things was that I realized, and, and some of it seems so common sense, but when you grow up in a small town, like I did, and this is my whole life. And I went to college 15 minutes from my house, but I lived there. So I thought yeah. that was really, you know, graduating. And, <laughs> um, but when you move to another state, you realize that, um, what's normal for you is not normal for them. And so I think it helped me become a better wife because when Mike and I got married, we were college sweethearts. Um, We didn't get married until six years ago. And so um, we had a lot of life in between then. But um, when you, when you come into that relationship and you know that someone else thinks of things differently than you do and their normal, their sense of normal is different because you've lived it. I think it makes you a better person, it makes you more appreciative of, hey, it's not always about me. It's not always about my perspective from this small town. Mm-hmm. It could be my perspective as living in Wisconsin. And now I should be a Green Bay Packers fan and I should, you know, and this is what we do on church after Sundays. We all go out to eat and watch the Packers game. You know, mm-hmm. it just kind of made me think at the very same time, my family is doing what they've always done on a Sunday after church. And, uh-huh. but yet this is going on simultaneously and this is how life is. And when I moved to California, completely different again, you know, um, I love that. Like, I, <laughs> I just think that we get such a narrow focus of how the world revolves and it, it almost feels to me sometimes it's really selfish. Like, well, this is how I view the world and, yeah. and everybody else does too. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I feel like that, um, that really made me stop and, and think like when I, my last move before I came back home, I lived in Washington state and I loved it, loved it because, uh, everyone was very laid back. They spent 90% of the year outside because the weather wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. So they were really active, very, you know, summers weren't humid. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were just always on the go, always outside. And I thought, man, I don't want to lose this. I love this about me that I'm hiking and I'm mountain climbing and I'm doing all these things. And I moved back to Maryland and it's hot and it's humid and it's miserable in the summertime. And I, the first year or two that I moved back, I was pretty cantankerous. (laughs) Like I was like not nice in the summertime. And all I was doing was complaining about how it wasn't Washington and you know, and so it took me a while to say, Hey, guess what? This is the stage of your life that you're at mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And you need to readjust yourself and readjust your attitude and, you know, and think, what are, what are you thankful for? Right. Okay. We're living next door to my mom and dad. We get to take care of them. We get to take care of these animals. We get to farm this ground that, you know, is still here, even though mm-hmm. we're being kind of closed in on by Baltimore and Philadelphia. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that taught me you need self introspection or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Right, you right. need to, to examine yourself, but not to the point where you lose track of what's going on around you or where you're at at that time. Your your experiences from a different parts of the United States, different cultures, different environmental, whether it's hot, cold, humid, right. hot, can all bring in bring in some different perspectives mm-hmm. that can kind of 
kind of like sneak in on us once in a while because we kind of want to stay in our own little heads sometimes. There's times where our thoughts just kind of like, okay, stop. You know, like we really have to check our thoughts out and like, okay, is there a different way to think about it? And I, I think about, oh, well, okay, how would I be thinking about this if I lived in Washington? Think about this when I lived in California. What are we grateful for? And that's a real centering thing, I believe. And that is so important for us to remember to think one is there's other perspectives out there and do we got to check our thoughts once in a while yeah yes <laughs> in with and, that, and not let the fear of different be uh limiting yeah. you know because I, I feel like um when I back when I was growing up you know everything was very black and white mm-hmm. and um I the further west I moved <laughs> the more I realized man, we're all coming from different places and we have different values and ideas and we have different skin color. We have different um, traditions Mm -hmm. and some of them are so cool. Like I just loved it. And so, um, and you know, and when I came back, unfortunately I felt the black and white division, you know, this Mm -hmm. is, this is the way things are done. And um, that was a struggle Mm -hmm. and it's still kind of a struggle, you know, and I don't know if that's generational or if that's just the way I perceive things to be around here. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I still work on that. Yeah. But, um, you know, Washington and California are two states that have just blended so many different cultures. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my niece now lives in Seattle and I know she loves it. And mm-hmm. for the same reasons, it's just so, so laid back and accepting. Yeah. How can we bring a little bit of that to where we're at? And if it, right. and if it can't go past our the walls of our house, because <laughs> there's so much <laughs> traditional thinking outside those walls, how, how do we invite people into our world with mm-hmm. that? And is there anything that you, are there any questions you ask yourself to, when you, when you kind of come across, you know, oh, getting stuck in the black and white or opening to new perspectives? Is there anything that you ask yourself? when you when you come in into contact with that I I feel like what my husband and I have chosen to do produce food for people to eat is like the unifying Mm -hmm. I don't know and you and you're the same way you're you're producing corn and beans it Mm -hmm. feeds this nation Mm -hmm. and there's nothing more universal than food Mm -hmm. no matter how you prepare it no matter how you cook it no matter what you do with it or your traditions Mm -hmm. with it and I feel like that has been a really easy way for us to just go across all lines and parties and everything. Yeah. We're yeah. here to feed. We're here to feed. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to feed not only this nation, but the world because some right. of this gets exported, right? Yeah, that is a universal. We all need to eat and we mm-hmm. love to eat. We can find a commonality mm-hmm. where we can start from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you prepare that food can be a different topic, right? Because well, how you even grow that food, you know, yeah. I mean, that we've come across a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, how can you, how can you take the life of something that you've raised? Mm-hmm. Because I know that we've raised that animal with the greatest oh, amount of love and respect. Oh yeah. And we love them. And it, it's not easy for us to do either. Like, you know, we don't want to send them off. Um, right. But at the same time, I've, I firmly believe that they're there to, to serve a purpose. And Mm -hmm. if we can be the ones that help them have a great life until they fulfill that purpose of being on our plate, right? right? (laughs) Yeah. I want to do it. I want to, I want to do it. I don't want to leave that to someone else to do. Yeah. And I think about that too. You know, when, when we raise things with all of our heart and soul into it, 
like how much better that food is. Yes. Just like that steak is going to be so much more (laughs) yummy and tender and delicious than if if it was just something that was uh, processed for. Yeah. Processed. Yeah. So it just nourishes us so much more. We can take in that love. We can take in that tenderness from, you know, somebody's hard work and values. And, and it's all, it's a connecting piece that we have. It's kind of like, you know, they say, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep talking. We talk, (laughs) this is a conversation. We talk over each other all the time, right? This is what happens. But I always, I always feel like the wine industry has done such a great job of saying there's a story in the bottle, mm, you can taste yeah. where it came from. You know, you can taste the history of the Italian countryside and they, they do this great thing. And I wish we could put that on the package on the back of a package of beef oh, or yeah. lamb. You can taste the, you know, the dewy atmosphere of a Maryland summer, <laughs> but you yeah. know, I mean, I feel like it's the same thing. You can taste that that animal has never been stressed, that they've eaten all the wholesome feed and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I feel like if we could ever capitalize on what the wine industry has done Mm -hmm. so well and telling that story that it can, it could change the way people perceive food. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always a story to Mm -hmm. our lives Mm -hmm. and the lives of what we do um, with others and, and how we get there. How do you make it into more of a story because we we have a tendency to love those things right we love a good story a good storyline whether it's a movie whether it's a book whether it's just even a comic strip and we've lost storytelling like we really have lost that art and yes yeah we've been made it kind of really you know commercialized like you know it has to be so flashy now but no it to me in like five seconds on this phone you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah like okay and, and how do we tell a good story with that you can't tell the whole complete story. And no. so that's really interesting. How can we, not only the food that we produce, you know, tell a good story about how, you know, it comes about and the love and the hard work that gets put into it, but the other aspects of our lives, because what if we didn't mm-hmm. do this? Have you ever thought about that? Well, yeah, all the time. When you're dating, when you're um, applying for a job, whatever you're doing, you, you have to sell yourself. You have to tell the story of who you are to make that other person have even a flicker of interest. Like, Oh, I wonder what else is behind them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think we underestimate the power of that. And we just want to rush through things. We want to just, well, no one cares. No one, no Mm -hmm. one needs to hear all the stories of where you lived out West or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it really does define who you are. And I think we underestimate the fact that people do want to hear stories and, I think it's really intrinsic, like to carry on any kind of tradition that we have, mm-hmm. you know, and we always, you see those movies where the grandfather is talking to the grandchild and telling them about the good old days. And yeah. we've kind of lost that sense. And I feel like kids still want to hear those stories mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. because they're curious oh, because yeah. they're cur- and that leads, it circles all back around to why I've lived in eight States. Oh yeah. Because I'm curious. I, I want to know. Yeah. And I think that we can do that no matter what we do, whether we're, we work in ag, whether we work in nursing, whether we work mm-hmm. in, in school, there's stories. Everyone has great stories. Oh yeah, they do. And I think the curiosity piece is kind of like digging, like what's behind that? What's behind those traditions? In a simple sense, I was like, when, when my kids ask me a question, what's behind that? Because <laughs> it's not actually 
the question that you really want, you know, if, but do you, do you feel that same sense? It's like what we project out to the world. Like sometimes there's, there's more to it. Mm -hmm. Like we, we want to see the headlines, but it, to really understand things, we have to kind of know what's behind there. And that's the story piece. Right. Well, you and I share a friend, Jamie, mm -hmm. um, and she introduced me to a, an online teacher. His name is Chad Littlefield. And he said, the best thing is to get the second question. Mm -hmm. That's when you really get the story because we all go into meeting somebody and we're like, hi, how are you? What do you do? And then it just turns into, you know, statements like, well, yeah. this is what I do. This is where I travel. This is what I mm -hmm. you know, enjoy. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, tell me more about that. What do you do? You know, turning it into a second question because mm -hmm. that's when you really get the gold from people. Yeah. And I think it would surprise people too, if we ask them another question rather than just shutting down. <laughs> You know, because we all have that canned 30 second elevator speech. Right. Apparently right. I work for Premier Select Sires that, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, oh yeah, we've already heard that, you know, kind of right. like we're kind of conditioned to hear that, but mm -hmm. we're not conditioning ourselves to ask that next question that digs a little bit deeper, that right. brings out the curiosity and can bring out a little bit more of maybe sometimes the struggles because life lessons are always in the stories that are underneath mm -hmm. or that second question or that a little bit more curious about. And they're that. common too. Oh, Everybody right. has them. I think we feel like, oh, if I don't tell anyone, no one will know that I struggled. A lot of people learn the most from like the struggles that we've had. And I know I have. And, and if we don't, you know, one, like acknowledge them and two, share them. How are we going to learn? You're exactly right. And have you ever met a child that hasn't asked that tough question? You know, if you said, you know, you kind of gloss over a conversation and say, well, that just made me sad. And a, and a child will say, why, why did it make you sad? And I feel like we need a little bit more of that in our in our journey through life, why, why did that happen? Why, what did you learn from that? Or, you know, I really, I really honestly feel like that second question, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before, but that second question really does make you stop and yeah. dive into something deeper. And every time that I've opened up about something that has been painful, or I think, I really don't know if I should share that. Every time, whoever I've been talking to has, has either said, I've gone through the same thing mm -hmm. or, you know, I have a friend who's gone through the same thing, right. Like it's never been like, wow, <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> no, but I think, I think we all can relate. Right. right? right. And, and it feels, I mean, when I kind of like, you know, grasp something that I can relate to somebody with, I mean, I've been a mental health counselor. I ended it last year, but I did it for over 20 years. And there was so many stories mm -hmm. that, you know, people could open up about that's like, Oh my gosh, I can so relate, you know? Right. And, and I feel like people don't realize we relate as much as we do because we try to hide the struggles and the mm -hmm. pain and stuff. But we, if we do that, we lose the opportunity to teach somebody the resilience of how to work through something. Right. And be there to help them. Yeah. If we can. And it goes back to that whole, it all circles around curiosity and, you know, uh, kind of working through those lines of what your life, mm -hmm. what you thought your life was going to be when you were 12 versus what it is when you were, you know, mm -hmm. over 12. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I feel like that's a different perspective, isn't it? You know, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I can share, like, I will, I will totally share. Um, I hope this is okay, but I went through breast cancer last year and totally unexpected, totally out of the blue. Uh, but my doctors caught it very early. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I let some people in to help me, mm-hmm. boom, it was just like, oh, we're going to get you through this. The fear went away, yeah. you know, and the, the best part, well, there's two great parts. One, it, it's gone. Um, that's amazing. Yes. But there have been two other people since that time that had the very same thing I had. And for whatever reason, we were talking and it popped out, you know, they're like, wow, I can't really, can't really focus right now because I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? I just went through that, you know? And so um, I think it's kind of neat the way life works that mm-hmm. way. Well, it's just so inspiring too. Mm-hmm. When we can, when we're, we're, we're not just alone, we're in right. this together. Right? right. And what if we didn't open up about it? we're suffering by ourselves. We're not allowing them to share their gifts. They're not, we're not allowing others to really do what we like to do. Help others. Right. And it goes back to, it still ties back into what if we didn't help each other by producing food for the the nation and the world? What if we didn't go take those chances and move to different States? We never would have met I never would have met Jamie who introduced me to you. So we wouldn't be sitting right here. Right. right. I would have no right. idea who Karen is. Like, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, it. you've really, that is a kind of cool thing to look back on your life and see all the lines that connect mm-hmm. and how you can kind of keep the circle going. I know. And it's so wonderful because everybody can do it. Like mm-hmm. everybody can right. open up and they can explore, they can have that curiosity mindset that can go, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? But we have to self-reflect. We have to reflect back and kind of like, oh, wow, if I wouldn't have done this, then this wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have met this person and this person and this person. If I wouldn't have known Jamie through another person, I wouldn't have maybe had the courage or to start a podcast. Right. And then start interviewing more people that I just feel are so fascinating because people in itself are fascinating. Everybody Mm -hmm. has a story. And I love to hear the different connections. And I love to hear the different learnings that people have over their experiences and right. just share them with others. So, and just, and everything, everybody can transform somebody else's life. Everybody and, has a story. Everybody has a story. And yeah, you know, I, I said earlier that I was, I spent the first two summers being miserable because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And, you know, now I look back and I think, wow, with my husband and I starting our own cattle and sheep business, mm-hmm. We are in a great spot between Baltimore and Philadelphia and New York. We have more market here than I ever would have had in Washington. And so I think it also, you know, like when you said self-reflection, you need to, you are the writer of your own story Mm -hmm. and you can choose to spend the next 20 years being miserable because you're now back in Maryland instead of living in beautiful Washington. And, you know, or you can say, wow, this stage of my life means I'm here and I'm doing this right now. And how cool is that? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's the other thing that I just have learned, you know, the whole bloom where you were planted. My mother always used to tell me that. And I would roll my eyes like, ah, you don't understand. (laughs) 
but yeah. it's true. It's true. It is true. It is yeah. true. And sometimes, yeah, you know, you, you, you can bloom where you're planted, but too, you can bloom with those ideals that you have grown up with and, yeah. and plant yourself somewhere else and make that area really beautiful. But it's all about kind of our, kind of our mindset, mm -hmm. isn't it? About mm -hmm. how we want to view something. Right. And I, I really, I don't know where it came from because I, my family is as a whole, very on the quieter side. <laughs> so I've definitely been, I was the youngest child, the only girl, definitely the one that was, that did not do things the way my brothers did before me. But I just thought, why do people ever say no to something? Mm. Why do they ever say no? Yeah. Because of fear, because of right. change. Right. Um, and I, I just love the fact that we have that power to not say, we can say yes to stuff, but still to this day, you know, we live in a great country where we have all kinds of opportunities, mm -hmm. get over yourself and get on with it. You know, I, I feel like sometimes I can spend way too much time, um, and reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, mm -hmm. telling me what, you know, how I should conduct the life of my dreams. Right. Like at some point you have to just cut bait and do it and take that yeah. first step and say, yes, I'm going to move or I'm going to change my job right. or I want to cut my hair <laughs> or what, you know, even something that simple that yes. yeah. says it's going to be a new identity because my hair was longer like yours. And I thought, I don't know, I'm in my fifties now I'm going to cut my hair. I, I think the, why would you say no? Mm -hmm. Right. And so saying we can say yes to opportunities, mm -hmm. right? We don't have to say no to them. Correct. You know? We can say yes to those opportunities to do something different. Cut your hair, put on <laughs> a new identity, see how it feels. Yeah. It might take a few months to grow back. It will. Yeah. You know, guys, they, they've cut their hair all the time and when they have short hair and it grows back in like a couple of weeks, it's like, they have to, you know, like mine takes forever. It seems like I know. You, know, when you go from like nothing to this. It takes a yeah, while, but, it does. but we switch, we switch clothes. We can put on you know, a different shirt and then it makes us feel. So we got to try on different things. Well, let's go back to food. Try some different spices, right? Try to make up right. something else. I love it when my kids come home because they always have these new recipes. I, we started raising sheep two years ago and, and people are like, well, do you eat a lot of lamb? Well, we started to, that was for what first got me interested okay. yeah. is we had really good lamb chops. And I just, it's the same thing. Why would you say no to something? Right. We have so many efforts. And if you don't, if you don't like something, if you don't like a state that you moved to, if you don't like a direction you've taken, there's no, there's no person behind you going, nope, you can't turn around. You cannot go back. <laughs> There's no one there saying that you can totally switch it up. Yeah. Just think about, think of your life as like, you know, you're traveling down a road, right? There are exits everywhere. <laughs> you know? Yes. You don't yes. like it. Like get off for a little while. Like right. it's too fast. Go down something, find something a little slower. And that gets to be slow, too slow. Maybe you'd go into a dead end. Maybe it doesn't work out. Turn around, like right. go find another road. And that's what we can do with our life. Mm -hmm. We have the choices. We have endless choices to make with our lives. So yeah. this has been great, <laughs> been a great conversation. And I, yes. you know, I love just having open conversations because you never know where it's going to go. Right. And I, we haven't talked in so long that it was just good to catch up and yes. just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
awesome. It's a fun life. And we need to do that more often. Mm-hmm. We need to do that more often with other people around us. We might see them in the community a lot, but you know, ask the second or third question, right? I would right. Challenge, let's right. challenge people to ask two, three questions, to dig a little mm-hmm. deeper, get a little curious. So yeah. as we wrap up today, do you want to, can you leave our listeners with like maybe an idea or a thought or something that you want to have them take away from today's conversation or just in general? To let yes be your answer more so than no. Mm-hmm. And to actually start something, you know, whether we go back to the fear thing and you know, everybody's afraid to a failure of looking stupid in front of other people or, you know, whatever I I have no idea what people have said on the outside about my life to date. All I know is I'm really glad that I own it and it's brought me to a great place. And so you can listen to other people or you can listen to yourself. And if yourself says, okay, enough reading, enough Mm -hmm. education, enough knowledge in, go do something out and make the world a better place. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Karen. Thanks for having me. Oh, I loved it. Go out and follow Karen. Check out Black Eyed Susan Cattle Company on Facebook. Just Mm. see the beautiful cattle that they're raising and the wonderful things that you are doing there in your cattle and your sheep company. So thank you again. Thank you.